Hello, welcome to the Pink and Podcast. I've been chatting with another former Norwich City player and this one falls definitely more in the category of favourite as opposed to perhaps foe. Uh, I spoke to Norwich City player uh, who was involved at Wembley, scored an absolute rocket against Ipswich Town, was player of the season in the 2014-15 season, um, played a massive part at Wembley during the playoffs. That is, of course, Bradley Johnson. Uh, he had a, a really interesting Norwich City career, was signed by Paul Lambert, um, really enjoyed playing under Chris Hewton, as, as you will hear uh, from him in this episode, and also explains the reasoning behind his departure and how he saw that from his perspective as well. So a very interesting episode. We've packed a lot of seasons into an hour's worth of chat. Um, hopefully enjoy it. Hopefully it all comes out okay, because the line was a little bit dodgy, but I'm, I'm sure we've cleaned it up a little bit at this end. Enjoy, of course, as always, review uh, get in contact with us on social media as well. Great to hear from Bradley, and I think you'll enjoy this as well. You are obviously very well liked in this part of the world, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, was it 150-odd games, four managers? How, how do you reflect on your time at Norwich City overall? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say the most enjoyable of my career. Um, obviously, getting a chance, every, everybody is to play in the Premier League. Um, every young footballer is to play in the Premier League. And um, I got a chance to do that with Norwich. And, um, you know, Paul Lambert signed me when when got promoted to the Premier League. And I joined a, a great team. I remember playing against them in um, League One for, for Leeds and just seeing the togetherness of the team. And uh, to get to get promoted from League One to the Championship and then to the Championship to the Premier League in, in, in success the season just goes to show the, the character and, and the team that they had there. So I was delighted to join it. And, um, yeah, just... One of, as, as you just touched on there, Norwich will always be. Um, my little still talk about Norwich, and I've got a lot of friends who we go and visit back, come back in Norwich. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good to hear. Um, in, in terms of actually joining the club, what, what was that like? Because obviously, a massive club in, in Leeds United, I, I think you, your, your contract uh, expired. Didn't it? What, what made you choose Norwich perhaps over, over other clubs? Um, yeah, as you said, uh, I think everyone, all the Leeds fans, know what happened at my time in Leeds. You know, I wanted to stay there at the time, but obviously things didn't work out with the, the chairman at the time. And, and as you just touched on there, my contract expired, so that that alerted other clubs that I could uh, leave for free. And um, yeah, there was other clubs interested, but you know, I'll just be honest with you. The main thing that sold Norwich to me was Paul Lambert. Uh, mm. The minute I spoke to him and. I remember him calling me and uh, the minute I spoke to him, the way he sold the club to me and, and not just that himself and everyone I spoke to about him, just just couldn't say enough enough about him and I could tell that over the phone, over a 15, 20 minute conversation that we had on the phone that I knew I wanted to, to work for him. So that's really a phone call and um, yeah, it was, I, was, I was down, I was, I was on holiday at the time. I remember I was on holiday when he called me. And um, I remember when I got back, the first thing I wanted to do was get down to Conley and, and get my medical done and sign. Mm. And yeah, you mentioned Paul Lambert there. He was, a, he was a massive part of that period, wasn't he? What was it like walking into that dressing room? Because as you mentioned, there was a, a lot of momentum, a lot of things had, had been achieved. Did you get a sense that it was a very positive, very together place that you, that you were walking into? Yeah, um, as I just touched on before, I remember playing against them and see the togetherness. And I knew a few of the lads as well. Um, as you do playing against them, you know, Holt is a character on the pitch as he is off the pitch as well. So I knew the quality that they had as well. They had some great players in Wes, 
and um, and Russ. And uh, I, I, played, I started, not many people know this, but I started my career off with John Ruddy at uh, Cambridge. Mm-hmm. We lived together for a while. So um, I knew Ruddy, yeah, when I went there. But yeah, just when I first went in there, the way, as I said, Paul Lampus on the club and he wanted to keep everyone grounded as well, you know. Um, he knew how hard they worked to get to the Premier League, but the hardest thing was staying in the Premier League. So I remember my first chat with him, I asked him, are we? Are you going to sign anyone else? And he said to me, I said, he said to me, the, you won't know anyone that I'm going to sign. I'm not going to sign no marquee players who have been there and done it. I want to sign young, hungry players who want to play in the Premier League and, and work part to stay in the Premier League. And I think you could tell that by the, the lads he signed, like myself, Andy Pilkington, Elliot Bennett, all, all lads who have played in the lower league, leagues and wanted to play in the Premier League. And I think that was our, that was our, um, what do you call it? That was our standing point is that mm. we, we were all hungry. We wanted to stay in the Premier League. We had no egos in the team. We, we worked hard for each other and for the team and all the staff and everyone as well. And that's something that Paul Lambert brought to the club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy, isn't it, after you get promoted to, and, and you hear it now once once teams get promoted that they have to actually, well, the, the expectation is that they go and spend a lot of money when actually um, signing the right type of player is, is key. And it, it certainly felt like the way that Paul Lambert wanted you guys to play sort of lent itself to, to younger, hungrier players who perhaps had had something to prove. Would, would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that is fair. And he would say that, that as well. Um, as I just said, the lads that we, we did sign, all of us were hungry. As the lads they had there already, you know, they, they know how hard they've worked to, to get from League One into the Championship and then from the Championship to the Premier League. They knew that the hard work weren't, weren't over and... I could tell that from my first trip away from pre-season, you know, the intensity and, and the levels that he demanded in training were, were very high. And, um, yeah, everyone just, just wanted to work hard. It's not just for, for the team, for him as well. Mm. I think if you speak to lads who were out of the team, like myself, I found myself out of the team uh, at times, you know, if you find out of the team, you get down and stuff. But lads who wouldn't play for, for months and stuff would still be in training running this sort of for him. Was a bit for him, and he had that about him. You know, he kept everyone on their toes, and he changed the team quite a lot. And you could be not in for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden you're you're starting. So he he made everyone everyone keep keep their fitness levels up, and and you know, and work hard for each other. And and we had a great team camaraderie uh, underneath him. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you a bit more on, on on Paul in the moment. But in in terms of you personally, that was that was what your your first time playing in the Premier League when, when you moved to Norwich. What what was that like as a player to to go from and and you said there you wanted to stay at Leeds and and perhaps go on with them, but then to get an opportunity to to play in the Premier League must must be something that for you at the time was um, was unbelievable, I suppose, really. Yeah, it was. I mean, as you said, the phone call I never forget. Um, I was twenty four at the time. Um, I remember it because that's when I could leave for free. And um, it's a chance to play in the Premier League. That's all I wanted to do. That's, most kids want to do that. If you ask any young footballer, their dream would be to play in the Premier League and to get a chance to, to go to a club who are in the Premier League and have that chance to play for them. It's something that I couldn't turn down. You know, I had a, um, a few clubs interested, but as, as I said, as soon as Norwich come with me, with obviously playing in the Premier League and knowing what sort of team they like, they are, they work hard for each other and, and playing against them, had some good games against them when I was at Leeds and knowing that I was going to a good team as as well as a team that are in the Premier League and I felt we could we could stay in the Premier League. So it was definitely something that I was I was very happy with. 
as you said, the, I remember the first game, uh, my first game anyway, I remember our league game, I remember my first game, I was at home to Stoke, and I remember just driving in, into Norwich, because I lived just outside of, of Norwich, I lived in Norwich at the time, I remember driving up to here, motorway, and all the banners on the bridge were saying Premier League, and I just felt that, that, that togetherness with with the fans from my first game, and I think we drew one one. I think it was the first game at home, and oh yeah, it's just a game I'll never forget. Against Stoke. Is it is it harder as a new signing to walk into a dressing room like that after they have achieved all they've achieved? Because obviously you're going in there to to try and disrupt that and to get into the team. I suppose was it like that at Norwich, or was that competition actually a, a healthy thing? No, yeah, in in. In my mind, yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't want to go in there and I'm upset, but mm. it weren't like that at all. The lads were very welcoming. They knew, they trusted in, in Paul Lambert and they knew that the signings that they were going to make were only going to help the team and, and help us progress. They weren't, as I said, they weren't going to sign any egos who was going to come in and upset the change room and stuff like that. And all the lads, lads believed in, in him. So, yeah, the signings that he did make were, were terrific signings. And, you know, the lads who were already there were very welcoming and, and they put us in straight away, really. Mm. And and that was that was the year, wasn't it, that you made the standby list for England? Uh, how, how did that actually come about? Because... Uh... It's it's quite an interesting because obviously a Norwich City player playing for England doesn't happen that often. I know obviously John Ruddy did it, didn't he, during his time yeah. at the club. But to to be on the standby list was was that a special moment or was it kind of a bit bittersweet knowing how close you were? No, it was a special moment. Um, you know, I've still got a letter at home. They send you a letter. I was in the provisional squad, um, mm-hmm. and then they they made the I think they made the cut after the the game. But I remember getting a phone call from the secretary um, at the club. And, and telling me, and, and I thought it was a wind-up at the time. I, I was like, yeah, good one. I thought it was the lads winding me up. So I didn't believe it for about 20 minutes. So then I phoned um, I phoned the club secretary at the training ground, Val, at the time. And I, and I spoke to her and I said, oh, Val, I just had a phone call. I don't know if it's the lads winding me up or not, but could you uh, find that for me, please? And um, she's gone, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll wait there. So I waited on the phone. And then she went to find out and she said, no, Bradley, do. And then um, the club secretary, Andy, phoned me again. And then he was laughing his head off. And I was like, no, listen, um, you had a lot of punches at the time at the club there. So I didn't want to didn't want to go full and full. But no, it was, yeah, it was a special moment for me and something that, obviously, I was gutted that I didn't make the squad. But to be to be looked at by your country and, and Fabio Capella at the time and to be mentioned in the same breath as some of the players that got into the squad yeah it was it was good for me but uh, I, mean, I, I, I would have loved to have made the, the cut but I didn't and, and so be it mm. did, did you ever get to a point where you had actually gone to train with them or, or meet up with them or, or anything like that or was it simply just a letter and the phone call that you had no it was just a letter and a phone call and then mm-hmm. we played the game um, played the game on Saturday. I think we played Manu away and we done pretty well. I remember the game, and I was, I was actually come off the game, and I was thinking, right, well, that's it. I should be in now. <laughs> played pretty well, mm-hmm. but then um, I think they chose at the time to run now for a, a long time injury, and it was his first game back, and they and they chose him, and I was a bit gutted about that because obviously I've been playing week in week out, but you know it's just the way it goes. So I'm not going to hold any grudges. I was I was happy to be in contention for it, but I just got my head down and, and worked hard and, and tried to to stay McLean for the next time but unfortunately he, he got the sack or he walked mm, so yeah. it was never to be 
Yeah, absolutely. And and obviously another noticeable point in, in that season, your first season at Norwich, and I'm, I'm sure you, you probably thought I'd ask you about this, is, is that game against QPR and uh, everything that happened uh, between <laughs> yourself and Joey Barton. How, how do you reflect on that now? I'm guessing that we probably won't see you rocking up at Fleetwood anytime soon. No, no, well, if, I, if I've seen him, I've never, seen, I've never met him since that, but I can laugh about it now, but at the time I was... Absolutely, pin myself because whatever, whatever happened happened, and then after the game, we we were going to the darts and Ali Pali, mm. and um, <clears throat> I remember Paul Lambert obviously knew we were going to the darts, and um, with everything that happened after the game, all the press wanted to speak to me, so he came in the changing room. He said, "Look, the press all want to speak to you. Um, you're not going to speak to them. Just go and enjoy your night, and." Don't do anything stupid like that. So I did speak to the press off the game. He, he sort of protected me in that way, and um, we went to Ali Pali um, as you do, and um, had a few drinks. And then the signs started coming out, and the lads started writing stuff on cards. Mm. And um, yeah, there was there was loads of cards getting stuff getting written. And, and Holt was like, "Do you want to hold this up?" And I was like, "No, I'm not going to do it." And uh, Holt was like, "Just do this." And literally held up for two seconds. And it must have been another table or something who took a photo of it. And then it was all over Twitter. Mm. And uh, I, I remember um, after the darts, we've, we've come out of there and, and Holby's gone, Jono, you're not going to believe it. You're you're tweeting worldwide or something. And at that time, I went on Twitter, so I didn't know what that meant. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was laughing his head off saying, you're going to be in sport. Gaffer's going to kill you. And I was like, no, Holby, what are you talking about? He's like your worldwide tweeting or something like that and mm-hmm. I was like oh god I couldn't believe it and then I remember we went out that night woke up the next day and um, we were staying in a hotel in London so woke up in the morning I got a knock on my door and I looked through the POC it was and all I could see was my face with that photo and it was on the back of the sun sport mm-hmm. and the whole was just outside my door pissing himself laughing so I opened <laughs> the door and he's walked in laughing his head off and I've gone oh what am I going to do? Because like, Owen knew I went on Twitter. The gaffer knew I went on Twitter. So he, he knew it didn't come from me. I literally held on the photo for two seconds. Mm. And it got, got out there as it does now, social media. And I hope he was just laughing himself. He was just like, look, listen, the gaffer knows you're on Twitter. Um, he's going he's gonna to ring you. Um, just just blame me. And I was like, all right, then. Uh, uh, no problem. Because obviously, Holt was a captain and he would look after us. So... We had two days off after that, and I turned my phone off for two days. <laughs> I went home, I turned my phone off thinking he's going to ring me. So, um, yeah, took my phone off, went back into training when we had to report in, and I went in super early to see the gaffer. And um, I walked in there, and at the time, he didn't know nothing about it because he was up in Scotland and they don't get the papers. So it was a bit of relief for me when he didn't know nothing about it. And then... Um, I told him about it and he saw the funny side for it. He got Holt in and Holt just said to him, yeah, look, Gaffer, right, it was the lads. Right, he's not on Twitter or nothing like that. And so he was sort of laughing, but then on that same breath, he was like, I've got to go out and bloody say something in the press now. And we, we were just laughing about it. But yeah, it was a night that, oh, you can laugh about it now, but at mm-hmm. the time it was weren't something that I was proud of. But, you know, many people laughed about it and I knew... Seeing it, I heard Rio Ferdinand jumped on him. Piers Morgan said something to Joey Barton about it as well. So, no, I haven't seen him since. And, you know, if I see him, I'm sure he would he'd think it's better as well. So, yeah, I think enough time has passed. So, we're, we're, blaming, yeah. Grant, we're blaming Grant Holt for that. 
Yeah, blame Holly for that. Yeah. <laughs> Fine with me. Uh, let, let's let's talk about Paul Lambert then. And you've spoken a little bit about the impact he, he had on that squad. Um, what what was it like when he when he did eventually Hello? leave? Hello, can you hear me? Okay. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Perfect. sorry, don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, speak. You, you mentioned Paul Lambert a little bit. Let, let's speak about him then. In, in terms of, I mean, you've you've touched upon the his sort of influence on the squad. What what was it like when he did eventually depart at the end of that season? Because that was a dressing room that he'd built, and a lot of the lads were, um, you said it there, playing for him and, and putting in a lot yeah. of work for him. What was that like the, the day he departed? I can imagine there were, there was probably a few disappointed people in that dressing room. Yeah, every every single one of us. And, um, as I just touched on before, he had that about him where, you know, I've, I've been at clubs before when managers leave and, you know, the lads who ain't playing are sort of happy because they get another chance now. But I can say to you now, every single one, every single player there who was playing and who weren't playing, staff members, people working the canteen, everyone at the, the training ground at the club, where everyone was dying. You know, what he'd done for the club in the, in the short, short amount of time that he was there and the way... The football he played was was good football, attractive football, and scored a lot of goals. Doing we had some good results on him. I think for the for us when we found out that he was leaving, yeah, everyone was gutted. Everyone was gutted. And are you surprised at how perhaps his his career has gone since leaving Norwich? Because for whatever reason, he's he's not been able to replicate quite what he did at Carrow Road, has he? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I am. But again, when I when I when I seen him and when I played against him a few times now you know he's still you know there's still the same stuff to say about him it's just unfortunate that he you know maybe ain't had the the right players that can deliver what he wants on the pitch you know he went to us in Villa and had some some great players and and we just touched on again there you know um he liked change rooms to be together, and I don't know what it was like at Villa or 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 Ipswich or Wolves, wherever he's been. Um, but there might have been, you know, a little ego thing at the clubs that, you know, they weren't buying into what he wanted to do because, you know, the way he he wants you training and and playing is is very intense, and you know, it works for you if you buy into it. It comes Saturday, it becomes easy for you. And maybe a few players weren't buying into that. And yeah. but I speak to the lads at Blackburn because obviously I'm at Blackburn now, and he was there, and they all got the same to say about him as well. They loved him. They loved his time here. He's just been unfortunate. I think at the clubs he's been at, maybe weren't the right time, or or didn't have the right players, or I don't know, owners or stuff like that. You never know in football. But yeah, it's 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 a shame to see him not really a, a big top club because he deserves it he's a, he's a top top manager so mm. um, but you know you never know what can happen in football he's got, still got a lot of time yeah exactly that and uh, were you surprised obviously knowing his character knowing what he's like that, that he did end up at, at Ipswich Town because obviously with his with his Norwich connections I think there were a few supporters that perhaps did a little bit of a double take when they saw that news yeah I was surprised um, surprised and not surprised at the same time because you know he's never. you can never read him you know we mm playing with him um, for many years you know it, it will pass you in the in the corridor and you, and you, you had he had just had that aura about him that you didn't know if to joke with him or be serious with him so yeah I was surprised when he done it but then you know he's a footballing man you know and 
you can't turn down. At the end of the day, it's, it's work for him. You know, I don't think he really looked at it as, oh, it's a rival job. I'm not going to take it. You know, he might have been, you never know. He might have been, you know, desperate situation to take a job and you know you, know, you can never hold grudges but yeah I was surprised that he took it by then in the same breath not surprising because he, he loves a challenge and you know Ipswich were as you say in the dumps at the time so he loves a challenge and he wanted to go there and, 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 and take on that challenge yeah, absolutely. Let's let's look at the the next season. Obviously, Chris Sheaton came in, and it was it was probably a a change in approach. I think that's that's fair to say in terms of on the pitch. And obviously, yeah. Holtby's come out before in the past, and he said he perhaps didn't enjoy that season and and, and Hewton's style of management as much. How, how did you find it under Chris, and how did you find that season? Because you you played a lot of football, and Norwich, I think, recorded their well, it was it was a what was it twelfth or or eleventh? You guys yeah, in the end, yeah, so yeah. it was it was a positive season on the pitch, but perhaps um, a few. Players in there weren't, weren't quite happy with it. Where, where do you sit? Yeah, no, I've, I've said I was happy. I, put it, I think I only missed one game under in that season mm. under Hugh and West Ham away. Um, you know, he was he was good to me. Um, I think a lot of the lads who obviously remember I've, I've only been there uh, Lambert, so mm. just got used to his style of play. The lads have probably been there longer than me and, and knew how he wanted to play and. Yeah, Chris Hewitt did come in with a different style of play that he wanted to play. It wasn't very, um, as a strikers or, or wingers would call it, attacking. But for me, in, in the midfield, I just had to still do my job. So it was no different for me playing in, in both systems. Um, it was very, as you said, tactical, as, as in we're playing in the Premier League. We're playing against top teams, whereas you've got to be aware, whereas Paul Lambert would, wouldn't, care he'd be like listen if you're playing against Manu they score two we score three simple as that mm. but um, yeah it was different approaches and as you said you, you get managers with different ideas and different philosophies and Chris Hewitt come in and, and, and wanted to play his way and as you said people weren't happy as you said Holt he weren't happy with the way he played but then you got to look at it on that side that we finished 11th that, that season so I, as I said I can only speak for myself I enjoyed my time there and and Chris, he's a, he's a great manager. I still speak to him now. So, yeah, I really enjoyed playing underneath him. Mm, you only have to go and, and look at what he did at Brighton, don't you, in terms of to, to see yeah. how good a, a coach he is. And he did mention you, you played a lot of football that year and a, yeah. a, a good result last day of the season in, in beating Manchester City 3 2 as well. So, for perhaps how his time is, is reflected upon, it, it was a, a very good se- first season, especially under him. And, and that 10 game run as well, I remember uh, towards the start of the season where he yeah. beat Manchester United and Arsenal at home. So, and Arsenal, yeah. Do, you, yeah. do you feel like he's, he's perhaps remembered it a little bit unfairly in terms of the job he did at Norwich? Yeah, yeah, I do. A lot of people say, oh, a negative style of play. They, they just look at that and, and they just get tunnel vision on, on the negative side. But, you know, results matter at the end of the day and, and he produced results as you said we went in game of the at the beginning of the season but maybe there was games where fans thought that oh we should be going for these games and, and he didn't you know he's, he's the manager and that's why managers are managers for a reason they, they take on that responsibility and they believe in themselves and you know Chris done that he, he said I'm not going to change for anyone this mm. is the way I play and uh, he stuck by it and as you said we had, a, we had a good season finished very well and then he still you know Credit to him when he got when he got the sack, he, he got his the next job and he, he stuck by his mamas and played the same way and then got Brighton promoted. So yeah, it's, it's, and that's the thing about football, it's not about opinions, you yeah. know. And obviously, players have their opinions on managers, and and some don't like it, some do, some get on, some some don't. That's life. And but me on a personal note, yeah, I, I enjoy playing on the cushion. You know, as I said, I played every game 
bar one, bar suspension underneath him and, and done very well for him. Do you, do you think people have that perception because he was such... Uh, him and Paul Lambert were so different, weren't they? And you mentioned it there. And In terms of Paul Lambert going and attacking pretty much everyone, regardless of, of their stature and the size of the club, and Chris, perhaps, as you said, they're being a bit tactical, and maybe some people saw that as, as a little bit negative. Do you think they were just sort of so far removed from each other that that's where that perception has, has been created? Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, going all out from, from Paul Lambert was, wasn't just all out attack, but, you know, he wanted to win every single game we went into. And Chris Uton looked at maybe a, a different approach, whereas if, if we can't win this one, we'll draw it and we'll go on and win the next one. Whereas, you know, Lambert wanted to win every single game, which you can't, you know, I can't, not both, both stars, they were both great to play under. And um, as you said, people have different opinions. Some people probably liked the way Paul Lambert played and, and watching us play, and some probably preferred the way Chris Hutton played. You know, you can never please everyone. That's football. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, it, it was the end of that season, wasn't it, where we saw Norwich perhaps spend a bit more money and, and Ricky Van Walswinkle, Leroy Fair, to, to name a couple, came in. And it was the club yeah. trying to consolidate in, in the Premier League. Did, did that have a effect on the dressing room because as you said it was a dressing room that had been built largely on a lack of ego about uh, players who, who perhaps were young and, and hungry and, and suddenly there were these established players who, who were coming in for, for fairly big money did that have an impact on the dressing room at all? Um, yeah you could say it did because obviously we're not used to that you know when, when we're seeing players coming in we're, we're seeing players from League One or, or the Championship and or I can only speak for myself like players that I've played against and then when you see difference in internationals coming in now you know Leroy and, and, and Ricky played for Holland and um, all the hype about uh, Ricky when, it, when he signed everyone was thinking well like, this is it now we're going to go for it but you know it's, it's not not the only thing that the clubs try and spend and, and, and as you say try and stay in the league but it, it don't always plan out like that but in the changing room they were, they were great lads I'm not knocking them they were great lads it just Leroy obviously done better than, than Ricky but didn't work out for Ricky but he's, he's still a good player because he's gone on and, and, and done great things it's just you know, right time right place maybe it didn't work out for him at, at Norwich as as well as he, he would have hoped you know he, he, I know he did pick up a, a lot of injuries but yeah, it was just—it never really disrupted the the dressing room. If anything, it it made us want to stay in the league. Obviously, we wanted to stay in the league, but you know, for for the lads coming in, when you sign—I'm not going to say better because I didn't think any of them were better than us. But in status, when we sign internationals, it drives everyone to think, "Oh, wow, I'm playing with an international player now." And how good are we to to test ourselves in training against them? So it, it drove everyone up. But that season, it just didn't work work out for us, and and, and that was the season that we got. Was it that season we got relegated? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. So it just didn't work out for that season. Do you think the increased expectation around those sort of signings, both as for you as a player, but equally for people perhaps viewing the club externally, you'd been in the in the Premier League for two years. It was it was viewed as the time where Norwich were going to go and establish themselves. Do you think that expectation almost had a, a negative effect on both you as a player, but but equally the supporters as well? Yeah, you could say because everyone made a, a big. I remember in in pre season, I think if you. Sky Sports done a thing of how much clubs are spent and Norwich were up there. Um, and uh, obviously when clubs spend big, you, you, you want you want performances and, and results straight away, which is fair. Um, but as I said, it's, it's football and it didn't work out for them. Uh, but the expectation, yeah, you could say rose a little bit because we weren't 
Norwich City who had just been promoted anymore. We were Norwich who last year finished 11th or 12th in the Premier League and we've got to kick on now and, and try and beat that and that's what everyone felt and we did feel the, the pressures of it but as I said that season it just wasn't meant to be and it was a hard season for us and one that that was obviously upsetting for me getting relegated but yeah it was, it was, it was, a, it was a tough season. Now, uh, how do you reflect on that season? How, what from your perspective went wrong? What was the, the main reason that, that you guys as, as a group and as a squad did, did end up back in the Championship? Just I mean, the easy thing is we wasn't good enough. Um, you know, there's always always things that people say. Oh, yeah, we signed this player and they weren't good enough, and they played a lot more than others. But you know, we still we still had that togetherness. Um, just just wasn't working out for us on the pitch. And you know? I think Premier League every year gets stronger and stronger. We obviously got stronger with the additions we made to the team, but we wasn't good enough and. and you can always say that the last five games we had that year were, were, weren't didn't go for us. I remember our last fixtures was shocking. I remember when um, I think we beat Sunderland at home. I thought well, that's it now we're safe. But then Sunderland went on and, and I think they beat Chelsea. Who else did they yeah. beat that? Yeah, 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 and it just wasn't meant to be. And yeah, it, was just, it was a tough season to take. Very tough. And it was a tough time for Neil Adams as well, wasn't it? Because he was he was propelled into into the manager's job really after Chris left, and he got those five games, didn't he? I think it was what Fulham, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man. Yeah. I can't remember who the last one was, but but it was certainly a tough run, wasn't it, at, at that time? And for for a guy who had never had a a, a full time manager's job, that was quite a challenge to walk into, wasn't it? Oh, very, very much so. Yeah, and you know, thing about him, obviously, everyone knew. The lads who had been there long enough knew who he was, and you know he called on us to to get around the lads as well. He called on like the lads of me, Russ, Ruddy, to to help him as much as he wanted to help us. You know, it wasn't easy for him stepping in, but he wanted to to do it. And you know, fair play to him with with the result. With, I mean, with the, with the fixtures that that you had on the table, I don't think anyone would have stepped in at that moment in time to to come and try and help us. But you know, he done it. Him, Nev, done it, and done it to their best really, But and we still put in some good performances underneath them. I remember the Liverpool home game; we were unlucky to lose that. Um, but yeah, when 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 that happens and and he come in, I think it was it was too late by then. Anyway, I think we we knew we had to pull off a miracle. Well, we did have to because Sunderland pulled them one off themselves and kept mm. themselves safe. Yeah, I think you're right. And and again, it was it was a, a difference in approach, wasn't it? From he he wanted to play quite exciting, expansive football. That's certainly what we saw from him in the, in the championship in the early part of it. And it, it was a, a radical change again from what you guys have been used to under Chris. Yeah, it was. Um, as I said before, managers, you know, they've got different types of, play, of, of styles of playing. And um, he come in, he wanted to, he just wanted to get that feel good factor back. You know, he wanted to get a lot of confidence up because, you know, when you're in a relegation battle and, and you're losing games, you lose another, you don't know when you're going to get your next win. So he come in and said, look, listen, that's got five games left. Um, just go out there and enjoy it and, and whatever will happen will happen if we get relegated we do if we stay up they're brilliant but he just wanted to bring that confidence back and and um, get everyone smiling again and, and enjoy being around the place and get rid of the doom and gloom of oh we're going to get relegated because he knew in the back of his mind that the squad we had if we went down to the championship we're, we're more than capable enough of, of getting out of it and you know, he, he just said that now you know, at the time when we got relegated listen the only thing we can do now is, is bounce back and um, concentrate on next year in the championship. And you know, if 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 we 
this squad together, we've got a great chance and, and that's what we've done. We, we, we lost a few players, but most of the core squad who, who wanted to beat the club stayed and, and got us promoted. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there about the different managers. How, how difficult is it as a player when you have to constantly adapt to, to different styles and different ways of playing and, and different things asked of you as well? Is, is that something that's quite difficult? Yeah, it is. Um, but then, as, as a footballer yourself, you know, once you go over that white line and, and the whistle blows, it's a game of, of two hours, really. You know, you, you can set up all you want and, and try and play a certain way that managers want to play. But only when that whistle blows... It's, it's a different game, you know. Your game plan could go out the window within the first minute. You could concede a goal or you could score a goal and then it changes everything. But, yeah, different approaches in managers, you know. A way that he wanted, particularly to play in them five games, he just wanted to get our confidence back and everyone play with a smile on their face and work hard for each other. Mm. And, and and that's what he done. Mm. And, and and after the the club got relegated, obviously there would be plenty of people looking at their individual situations. I'm just interested in yours specifically. What made you perhaps stay at Norwich? Was was there anything that anyone said to you, or, or was there? I don't know. Was it just a, a personal decision you made that actually you wanted to to come back down with Norwich to try and get them back? Yeah, it's it's easily sitting here now and saying oh, yeah, I wanted to get them back, but. Honestly, that's what I said. Um, I had interest from from a few Premier League clubs. Um, Burnley wanted to take me at the time, and um, you know I was comfortable at Norwich. You know, um, I just had my first child there. Um, I was close to my family, and, and I really enjoyed my time there at Norwich, and I wanted to stay there. And um, I spoke to Ross and and, and Roddy about it, and they said the same thing. You said, "Look, we can go down, go down, not in history, but we can go down and." and and be some good players and, and be remembered at this club if we go down and, and get back up in the first season, have a good season and get back up. So something I wanted to do and, and, and wanted to stay and Russ and Ruddy and, and everyone else wanted, and Wes wanted to do the same thing. So it's, yeah, for me, it was, it wasn't a question of leaving. Um, personally, I wanted to stay and um, maybe I could have left, maybe I couldn't. The club could have rejected everything. Um mm. But I wasn't going to kick up any trees and say I want to leave just because we got relegated. I knew how good the team was and how good the club is and, and they're a Premier League club. So I wanted to, as I said, be, be part of the club that gets back to the Premier League rather than the jumping ship and leaving when, when things got bad. Yeah, I think you, you definitely made the right decision when you look at that season, what was it, 14, 15, you, you won player of the season, you scored yeah. a lot of goals as well. How, how does that rank in, in terms of seasons in your career? That that must be right up there with one of the best personally that that you've had. Oh, the best, yeah. Without doubt, yeah, the best. So, it was a surreal season because obviously I was starting the season and then I was out of the, out of the team for a bit come Christmas period. And then um, obviously when Alex Neil came in, he uh, put me back in the team and put me left midfield. I'd played there a few times for Leeds, so I knew the sort of roles that I wanted me to play. But he just said, look, um, get on the back post, tuck in and, and be that maybe third midfielder for us and let us get up and down and left. He said, I know you're not an out-and-out winger who's going to beat the full-back with pace and cross the ball. But um, we had that with Redders on, on the right-hand side. Um, he was our out-and-out winger. And, you know, he knew that if he beats his, his man and he could we had me, uh, Cam Jerome, Hoops or, or Lewis Gubbin in the box and out of them four I think we'd, we'd all fancy ourselves being anyone yeah, and it, it worked for me yeah. I enjoyed that that season was one of the it is the best season I've had in my career 
score 15 goals from midfield and you, and you just said to pick up the player of the year, players player of the year and supporters player of the year. Yeah, it was a, a great season and to top it off, getting promoted at Wembley. Absolutely, and and before we we talk about that day at Wembley, I think we we've got to talk about that goal against Ipswich. I was uh, I've actually seen a few clips of it this morning, given that it was what four thousand days since uh, since Ipswich last beat Norwich. Um, how, how good a feeling for you was that? Because that that was some strike. Yeah, yeah, it was one of them. As, as soon as it got tucked back and rolled, as soon as I hit it, I knew it was going in. Um, but yeah, I scored some I scored some good goals that season. But obviously, that's the one everyone will remember to do it against your local rivals and and to beat them as well. It was it was a, it was a great goal and a goal that I just, I'd never forget as well. Always always uh, see it on 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 the internet and, and stuff, and I'd never ever forget that goal. Yeah, it was a special goal. Does it get better every time you watch it? <laughs> is it one of those? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember watching it. I've watched it. I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched it. But yeah, it just one of them. Things. If if ever I'm sitting with anyone who ain't watched it, I'm like, oh, I think I scored a goal in this game. Have a look at this goal. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see it, and they're like, oh, wow, yeah, it was a goal. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was some strike, and 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 this was the years that Alex Neil came in, and you guys had a, a lot of momentum in in the back end of the season. Got yourself comfortable yeah. in the playoffs. Were probably unlucky not to get automatically promoted, actually, with the momentum you had. Uh, I think yeah. every, everyone who speaks about that playoff run and obviously the the two semi finals against Ipswich and Wembley as well speaks about the confidence you guys had and perhaps how calm it was in the dressing room that you had the capability and the ability to to beat particularly Ipswich over two legs, but but also by the time you got to Wembley. Yeah, um, and that's something that he, uh, Alex Neil brought. You know, he treated every single game as 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 it was just a game. Um, I'll, I'll go forward to Wembley when we when we went to Wembley. It was just another away game for us. We, were, we prepared exactly how we would prepare if we were playing Millwall away. Going into the hotel and done exactly the same. But um, no, he he come in with that um calmness about us and you know we had a lot of experience in, in the squad as well myself Ross Ruddy Wes Wits Cam Jerome yeah. but um yeah he come in and as you just said he hit the ground running you know I think we only lost one didn't we against mm-hmm. Brentford um towards the end of that and yeah very unlucky to get um not get automatic but and then that goes down to him, his character as well. He didn't let that affect us or we didn't let that affect us. We knew we were close, but we knew that we had another chance in the playoffs. And yeah, we felt we felt confident um, against anyone going into every game. And obviously, Middlesbrough beat us twice that year, but even on, on at the final, you know, we, we, we felt confident that we would win and, and we'd done it. Yeah, just just on them semi-finals again against Ipswich Town, and I remember that atmosphere at Carrow Road. Probably probably one of the best I've heard in in terms of that day. What what was yeah. it like as as a player? Because obviously it wasn't just a, a playoff semi-final; it was a semi-final against your local rivals and everything that that brings with it in terms of the fan base. And what what did Alex Neil say to you guys? And 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 how did you guys respond to that as well? Was it just about executing a game plan and making sure that you were composed or? Did you possess that confidence, I guess, from as soon as you knew that it, it was going to be Ipswich? Yeah, no, it was, just, it was the same from him. You know, it was just a game. Our game plan was we knew that we knew our first leg was at their place. And basically the game plan was don't lose at their place. And we know we'll win at our place. Mm. And and that was it. You know, um, we went uh, to their place and obviously we drew the game. But when one nil up, we was guy that we we let him back in the game and gave him a little chance but we knew that 
our players with our fans behind us with the how big a game it was we knew we, we I can sit here and say it now but we knew we weren't losing that game mm. and um, yeah I think we, we we won the game very comfortably towards the end and it was a great great thing I think you know the fans coming on the pitch after celebrating with us but we knew we had one more big job to do and we knew with the fans behind us and the confidence we had going into that game um, yeah we, we felt that we could beat anyone and and that obviously set up that game at Wembley and 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 for a player well, I don't know was that, was that the first time you you played at Wembley or had you played there before No yeah I played there before with Leeds mm. Yeah so so you, yeah. you 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 probably had a bit more experience about it but but did you sense an excitement from from the squad to play at Wembley or again I know you said about approaching it sort of one game at a time but do you let yourself sort of be in the moment I guess and think about how big of an occasion it was and how big a stadium it was I mean it's it's a day that goes down in Norwich City history yeah, you know, the kick, I've been there before and the occasion does get to you. But, you know, in all fairness, credit to Alex Neil and, and the staff we had. You know, we done our preparations before the game, way before before the game. We went down there a week before. So if the lads who hadn't played there before could get used to the same, we walked around the stadium, went on the pitch and stuff like that. We'd done that a few days before, uh, maybe a week before the final. Went to the stadium, went in our change room that we were going to be in so we could get used to the surroundings and stuff like that. And obviously for the experienced lads like myself and a few others who have played there before, to tell the young lads like this is what's going to happen, this is where you come out and stuff like that, give them reassurance. So on the day it wasn't like a shock to them. They knew they knew what was going to happen. They knew everything. So we went down there, done that as a team, and then um, we would just come back to to Norwich, trained as normal, and then as I said, prepared for the game as a as a normal away game, and and went there. And I remember. Obviously, we we stayed right on the on the stadium. Uh, we stayed at Hilton Hotel, which is literally a stone throw away from the stadium. So we were there the night before. Um, we we heard we knew that um, on the dead again that Middlesbrough had some problems getting to the game. So we we done all our preparation, and whereas they probably didn't. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think preparation's key, isn't it, for for any game like that? And uh, I think. When when you look at the performance and and you look at how composed it was, I think there's probably a lot of fans that would, and and to be fair, there's there's plenty of players that have spoken about it as well in terms of how good that preparation was and how right Alex Neil got it that day. Yeah, he got it spot on. Um, we went out ten minutes before our normal scheduled warm up that we do to go out, and he said, "Everyone, go and see your family. Go and wave to them. Go and find out where they're sitting." Which which you do every player who comes out when you play a stadium. You always look for your friends or your family. Hmm. So um, we we went out 10 minutes before our normal warm-up. So we went out 10 minutes before, spotted our family, waved to them, seen our kids, giving them hug, kisses and stuff, whatever. Seen them for 10 minutes. And then he knew after that, that was it. You've seen your family now. It's game on. You warm-up. You do your normal stuff, warm-up. Normal warm-up, normal stretches going, get your pads on, get your final bits done, and then go out. And then it's, it's game on. And Whereas, you know, we... Before I go back now, before we're getting go ready to go out, warming up um, in the change room, I sat to go and hand in the, the team sheets, and he's come back in, and we're thinking that was quick. He's like, "Mims are not even here yet," and we were like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, they're, they're stuck in traffic. They're um, miles away. They've had to police about to go out and get them." So um, he he come back in, told the manager. The manager told us he's like, "They're, they're not even here yet." So he, he used that to g us up as well. He said, "They're." big time they think they're going to win so he used that against them so it's like they're not even here I remember so when we did go out that 10 minutes before 
I remember seeing their manager and their, their captain running in, still in their suits, um, to hand in the team sheet as we were going out. So, um, yeah, it's for, for them, preparation, it was a bit rushed. So we had gone out, warmed up. By the time we had finished our warm-up, I think they were just going out for their warm-up. Mm. And then we come back in, <clears throat> done our final bits. The manager um, said his speech, reminded us that again. And um thing that I'll never forget as well is uh, Seb Besson. He got everyone up in the in the changing room. Before we went out, after the manager spoke, after the manager speaks, you normally get up and go out. Mm-hmm. After the manager spoke, Seb got up and went, well, lads, get in a circle, everyone. Right, so all the staff, everyone who was in the training, get in a circle. So we all got in a circle, locking arms, and he's in the middle, and he's like, I want to say a prayer. And he, he, he said a prayer for everyone. And, um, you know, it was one of the, it was weird. I'm talking about it now, I'm getting tingles down my spine. It's, it's, it's choking me out here. One, I've never, ever experienced that in the training room before, but it was one of the most motivational speeches and prayers that I've ever, ever heard. You know, Gee, I started right for that game, and he said the prayer. We all we all shouted and stuff after, and we walked out. And then I remember walking on the red carpet. You know, we have to shake hands mm-hmm. with the people before the game. So we're all we're all stood there now. I don't know if you can look back it on the video or when you when you do. We're we're all stood there. But bearing in mind, before this, we've already seen our families, so we're not even concentrating on them no more. It was for us now. It was game time. So we're standing there shaking the the people's hands and then just concentrating on the game. But then if you look over to Middlesbrough. Because they'd come there late, they hadn't seen their family. They're all waving at their family and, and not concentrating and stuff. You know them little things um, get into people's heads, like, like psychology. So we knew that we thought they're not ready for this. So if we come out fast, we can catch them. And you know it's easy sitting here saying it now because that's what happened. But you know them things do run in, in your mind. And the manager, you know, he, he he's very big on on men, the mental side of games. You get you up for every single game mm. before a game before a game. Undoubtedly, it's like you're going to war. You get you shouting and screaming in the changing room, but it works for him and it works for us, you know. And maybe on that day that their preparations weren't as good as ours, and and you know that that first half was probably one of the best 45 minutes we've played all season, and the game was done in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that second goal in particular was a, it was actually a really good goal, wasn't it? In terms of the a passing move, and I think there, there probably would have been about fifteen to twenty touches before before Nathan Redmond put that into the net. In in terms of um, that performance for you personally, I remember you hit the bar, didn't you, fairly early on in that game? How yeah. how, how do you reflect on that game as a whole? Is it for you personally? I mean, I'm guessing that it's, it's probably right at the right at the top of of, of your career. Yeah, without doubt, to win to win at Wembley and. Um, Knowing the prize at the end of it was getting promoted back to the Premier League. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest games and the best games I've been involved in in my career. But as you just said before, the the, the way the game went as well, you know, I think first, I think it was, was it five minutes or maybe 10 minutes into the game when I hit the crossbar, mm. it bounced off and then they've picked it up and then they've run up the R pitch, they've hit the crossbar. It was one of the games where I'm thinking, wow. And Wembley, the pitch is so big. Yeah, I remember thinking, wow, this is... like As soon as they hit the bar and we got the ball, I think it went out for a throw-in. Mm. And then you hear the, the fans, the, the roar of the fans, you think, wow, this is a game now. But, you know, we we kept ourselves composed and, you know, Cam got the first goal. And then, yeah, I think the second goal you talked about there was a great team goal, I think. Everyone in the team, apart from the defenders, um, I say defenders, uh, I don't class... In that team, our fullbacks weren't defenders. They was more like um, attackers. Mm. So our defenders in that team were 
our two centre backs and Alex Tetty. So them three didn't touch the ball in that build up to the goal. I think everyone else did though, and it was a great team attacking team goal. And um, Redders done the, the the best of it, which finished it off and, and got us two 0 And you know we knew before the game as well. Go back to Alex Neil and how thorough he is with his research and his stats. He knew he, he told us before the game that. Uh, Middlesbrough have only come back once this season from when they've gone a goal down. So um, he knew that if we went to go up, um, it was very important for us. And we spoke about that before the game, getting the first goal. They've never come back all season from a game when we knew they were very strong defensively. So we knew if Middlesbrough get the first goal, they'll just sit back and defend. But he said they've never ever come back from, they've only come back once that season from going the goal down. So we knew that. So when we scored the first goal, um, you could tell them getting nervous a bit. And then when that second goal went in, they just deflated. And, and I know I keep on saying it's easy sitting here and saying it now, but when that second goal went in, you know, we, we knew we had another, what is 70 odd, 60 odd minutes to play, but it felt that we'd won the game by then because they were so deflated. And it would be because I think the goals come in within five minutes of each other, didn't they? Mm. The two goals. So, yeah, yeah they, they just looked so deflated. And, um, yeah, it was a great half for us. And, and what, what were the celebrations like? Obviously, lifting the trophy at Wembley, but but equally in front of, what, 40-odd thousand Norwich City fans in, in one half. And equally afterwards as well, I, I can imagine the celebrations went long into the night. Yeah, they were very good. But then, you know, when you go off in, in the playoffs, obviously we, we celebrate that night, but then... Most of the lads were on holiday the next day because you don't get that much time off when you because your season extends for another month. So now we celebrated as a team together. In the, we went back to the hotel that we stayed in the night before the Hilton and went back there with all our families. And um, yeah, there was a lot of drinking going on, a lot of laughs and, and stuff. But then yeah, the next day everyone everyone shot off and everyone was on holiday. Mm. But yeah, that night was a, was a good night. You know, we went back there. All our families were there. Um, the, obviously the trophy was there so our family were taking pictures of the trophies and, and stuff like that it was, it, was, it was a really good night you know to see everyone not just just who was involved in the game to see like staff members there who who had been in the canteen who who had been at the stadium the groundsmen everyone was there celebrating together to, um, to see how much it meant to them as well um, yeah it was it was a great feeling and, and, and a great night I'm interested to to get your perspective on this, but but obviously there wasn't a, a civic reception, was there? There was no open top bus parade or um, a, a day with with the supporters. Did yeah, you, yeah. Did that did that disappoint you guys as players? Obviously, I know you had holidays and and stuff like that, but was there an element that possibly the book wasn't really closed on the season because those celebrations were cut short? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Without um you know, when I look at um, when I look look back now and and see the lads doing it last year. Yeah, for for when you got promoted. No, this year, wasn't it? Yeah. This season. Yeah, it was something I would have loved to do. Um, you know, when I look, when I see them up at the, I think is it the town hall you go to, mm. and lift the, yeah, that's something I would love to have done. Um, just riding around, seeing the fans on the top of the bus. But yeah, it was. It, I was gutted that we didn't do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't do it. Um, I'm not gonna sit and say I know why. But yeah, it was one of the things I look back on now that. And, and something that I wish we did do because they're yeah, great memories to look back on now. And you know, obviously, lifting it at Wembley is, is a great, a great um, memory. But doing it on an open top bus, riding through the city with all the <coughs> with all the fans down down uh, cheering up is something that I'd love to do. I've never ever done that in my career, mm. an open top bus, and yeah, something that I wish we did do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and as you said, that that was the uh, that was the the season you got promoted back to the Premier League. And, and you said uh, after going down, you wanted to to go back down and, and get Norwich back up. You did that, and then of course you you played four games and um, suddenly you, you departed the club. And I, I think from supporters' perspective, there was there was probably quite a lot of shock in you leaving the club. You, you're a player of the season. You're a pivotal member of that squad. You played in the four games in the Premier League. You were captain at Rotherham as well, weren't you? In the cup. Yeah. Was that move to Derby? as much of a shock to you as it was perhaps to, to everyone else? Yeah, yeah, it was. If, to be honest with you, it was. I remember I was sitting at home and um, I remember getting a phone call off my agent saying that, um, you know, uh, clubs have been bidding for you and there's been um, a bid accepted. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And uh, so it was, it was, that was the night before that day. Uh, I went in and, and spoke to the manager and, and everyone else. But no, I don't think, in all fairness and, and respect to Alex Neal, it wasn't him. I think it was out of his hands a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was more of a decision as a as a baller getting good money. Um, you know, I, I wasn't. I played. I played the games on the new Alex Neal, but they saw it as no. I was. I didn't play the last three games or something like that. And, Maybe I'm not going to play as much time, and they're getting a good price for me, good offer for me. And at the end of the day, you know, look, I'm old enough now to know football from a fan's point of view. You know, even, even sort of best players. But then at the end of the day, as a club, it's, it's a business, and um, you know, they got a good offer for me from from Derby, and um, they accepted it. And um, yeah, it was just, it was just a strange day for me. You know, um, everything happened in the last minute coming down to Derby and, and signing for them and, you know, wanting to be at Norwich. That season of getting promoted, I signed another four-year deal, so I thought, this is it, I'm going to be settled at Derby now. I bought my house in, 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 in I mean, settled at Norwich, I bought my house there. Bought my house there and you know, settled there and, you know, football, can, football changes and I've learned that now and I know that is the end of the day. It's, I know I wanted to stay there but it's, it's a business and, for me, um, I weren't going to stay anywhere that I, that I wasn't wanted, or not not as much wanted because you know Alex never wanted me to stay because he said to me, "Look, listen, like you're you're one of our best players. What you done for us last year, I can't thank you enough." And it was just one of them, you know, that to come to some sort of agreement. The club wanted the money for me, and they felt they could use that money to improve the team and, and stay in the Premier League. And you know, I've got no no hard feelings against Alex Neal. You know, I still speak to him now. But yeah, it was a big shock for me, and, and as a, as I know as well, a big shock for the Norwich fans. Mm. Is is frustration right the right word? Did you feel frustrated that perhaps you were being forced out of the club after everything you'd, you'd given to them? Yeah, but I have. I was frustrated because, as I said, there I signed a four a four year deal that season. So you know, when you when you sign contracts like that, you start planning. And I was thinking, oh, right, I'm planning now for like, that that contract would have took me to till I'm thirty two. It took me till I'm 32, which is now. And um, I was thinking about what I'll maybe do after that, maybe stay at Norwich. So you, you do, you, you start planning stuff. And then to be told that, right, that's it now, you, we want you to leave, we want you to go to Derby. Yeah, I, was, I was very frustrated. But then, you know, it's, it's football. Uh, mm-hmm. Things change. And, and and it's about opinions as well. And, and the club thought they could get someone in and... and probably do a better job than me and and keep the club up and, and but you know things happen and I got sold and it wasn't meant to be yeah do, do you feel a little bit 
maybe sad's not the right word, but in in terms of not being able to perhaps say a, a real goodbye to the fans, because uh, as we said, there was, and if you didn't know yourself about the move, then certainly supporters didn't until it happened, and there was perhaps a little bit of disbelief around it at the time, because obviously you you were player of the season and um, you scored fifteen goals in the championship. You're a massive yeah. part of of that squad. Uh, do, I guess do, do you feel a, a little bit? Uh, again, I don't know if upset's the right word. Maybe a bit frustrated that you didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye to the supporters. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No. Right. Yeah. It was definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I I knew how much of an uproar it caused. Of obviously sitting there and reading the news and reading the paper and, and on Twitter and stuff. And it was hard for me. I wanted to come out and say my my piece and, and say my goodbyes to the Norwich fan because they said I was I was gutted myself that that I had to leave and, and all the lads were as well at, at that time. You know, they were saying the exact same thing. But um, you know, when when I did play against Norwich at Derby, I'll never forget that day as well. Um, take away the goal that I scored against <laughs> Norwich, the uh, the reception that I got in in the stadium for. for the whole stadium to be singing your name, you know, the away fans and then the Derby fans joining in, you know, at the end of the game, it was just a surreal moment for a whole stadium to be singing my name and me walking around clapping the, the Norwich fans. But you know, as I said, I've, I've I've always got ties with Norwich and so I've got a lot of um, friends down in Norwich. My house is still down in Norwich and I always come back and I'm always keeping an eye out for the club. And who knows, maybe one day I can, I can come back to the club in, in another role. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you planning on on moving back down to Norfolk once your career is is done, or have you not decided that yet? No, I'm, I've not decided that yet. Mm. Um, hopefully, I've got a few more years left in the tank to, so. to think about that. Yeah, let's go. But I haven't thought about that yet. But mm. I know I'm, I'm doing my. I've done my badges, my coaching badges, and stuff now. So I'm prepared for when that day comes. I obviously want to stay in football. So yeah, I want to be a coach and and. Who knows? Maybe a manager. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've done all, all my badging and stuff like that. So I know I want to stay on football. And as I said, you never know where it can take me. If I come back to Norwich and, and get a coaching role, I'd be happy to do that. Absolutely. I just want to ask you one final question, and, and it's it's about Alex Tetty. He's, he's obviously still at the club. He was at the club uh, for, throughout your what time. Was uh, oh, it's a legend. <laughs> there you go. He's sort of anticipating my question, but what do you make of him? And he's obviously as as important. He's, he's just recently signed a new contract at Norwich, hasn't he? Um, to take yeah. him, which will be nine years at the club. That's that's some service, isn't it? He is an absolute legend, Teddy. I spoke to him yesterday, guys. I speak. To, I speak to him. Obviously, he's the he's the only player apart from um, young lad Todd mm. Campbell. But Tets is the only player left there from from my time, and I speak to him quite a lot. You know, he's a funny guy. He's he's a, he's a great guy, great guy. He'd bring laughter to any single person, and he's just so positive. And yeah, I call every time I speak to him now, I call him Mister Norwich. So <laughs> he's saving my phone as Mister Norwich. So yeah, he he deserves everything he's he's got at the club because he's been a great servant. And you know, he goes. I think now the club. Not club. The fans know how important he is to the team. You know, I knew that from his first his first session with us. He's just he got that calming effect about him. You know, and he's done ever so well for the team. And and yeah, he's 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 a great guy. And still playing at Premier League level, isn't he? Which is uh, exactly yeah. incredible. Bradley and he can still you. run the mountains. <laughs> I think he probably could. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bradley, thank you very much. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to speak to you. No problem. Anytime.